Hello, this is Pastor Bill here at Solid Rock Bible Church. I wanted to have a few moments with you this morning. i got a little something I'd like to bring you. And uh, I think maybe we've all gone through these kind of things. And uh, David, in, 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 in Psalms, he's got, he's got a lot to say about how we should react whenever we come to that point in our life and we look at other people. Maybe people that don't go to church. Maybe people that don't believe in God, but it looks like they're living better than what we are. It looks like they've got bigger homes, nicer cars, uh, really enjoying themselves. And while we, as Christians, struggle, sometimes having a hard time, and we look at that and say, God, why are they living like that and we're having to live like this. Well, you know, this Psalms kind of answers that. And I, and I just wanted to bring this to you today because I think we all sometimes get down a little bit and kind of have, want to have a little pity party, uh, feeling sorry for ourselves when we really look around and we see how God truly has blessed us with our family, meeting our needs. Oh, you may not have everything that a lot of those other people have but I'm going to show you here in the end oh we come out so much better and uh, I want to start out here I've I've entitled this uh, little message trusting God and doing what's right you know that is the whole key to it trusting God and doing what his word tells us to do doing what's right in his eyes this Psalms, I'm going to start out with Psalms 30. It's in Psalms 37. I'm going, to read, I'm going to start out with Psalms 1 through 3. Psalms 37, 1 through 3. It says, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity or wickedness. For they soon shall be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, or do what's right in God's eyes, and dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Now, like I said before, have you ever come to that point in your life where you'd been envious or maybe jealous of the way some people live? Have you ever seen the way the wicked are living and wondered why they seem to be enjoying so much and have so much in life while you continue to work so hard and to do what you feel is right in God's eyes? Well, that's how some of David's people were thinking. They were beginning to think, David, why are we going through this? Well, David wrote this Psalms, you know, and uh, it seemed that those who were living you know, in sin, doing the things that God told us not to do, well, they looked around and said, hey, how come they got so much more cattle than I do? Why so many more sheep and camels? Why do they have more land than I do? Then those who served God did what's right. So they was wondering, why we serving God and doing what's right? Why do these other people have so much more? Many today feel this way, and we are, let me put it like this, many of us today, many Christians today feel this way. 
We're thinking, well, we're serving God, we're going to church, we're worshiping and praising God, but it seems like the wicked in the world are building bigger houses, driving fancier cars, and going on exotic vacations while all I do is work, work, work. Maybe some believers begin to think, what's the use of trying? I do what is right, I never seem to get ahead. While the guy down the road lives for the world, and always has plenty. But you know, we need to stop and we need to consider what's going to happen to the wicked. What is going to happen to them? Oh, they're, they're living good right now. But what's going to happen? Psalms 37.10 says, For yet in a little while the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. The Bible says that every one of us, every single person here, unless the rapture takes place first, is going to die. Someday, after death, we will all stand in judgment. All except for the Christian, because we've been judged at the cross. But all these evildoers that, that have lived their life and you were jealous of, they are going to stand before a mighty God and be judged. And, uh, well, Bill, are you sure they're all going to be judged? Well, that's what it says in the Bible. Hebrews 9.27 says, And it is appointed unto man to die once, and after this, the judgment. So, let's look. What will happen to the wicked on the day of judgment? You know, these are the people that... that, that, that we as Christians, maybe we've been jealous of it. Boy, I wish I could live like that. Well, I'll tell you what. One day when you sit there, and you're going to see these judgments take place, that I did not live like that. And <clears throat> so let's, let's look what's going to happen on the day of judgment. Revelations chapter 20, verse 13. says, says that they will be judged according to their works or how they lived their life, what they did. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works, or how they lived their lives. Whether they believed in Jesus Christ or not, whether they served Christ. This is going to be the judgment. Just think about this right now. You may not have as much as your neighbor has, and he may not be going to church. He may not believe in Jesus Christ, but just think about this. You're going to church. You believe in Jesus Christ. You go into that church truly in your heart or worshiping God. You're the blessed one. You're the blessed one. When we read about this judgment time, and, and you're not going to be in that judgment. You're not going to be there. You're going to be helping judge. Scriptures teach that the more ungodly someone lives here on life, the more they will suffer in eternity. The more ungodly a person lives, the things they do, their wickedness, their lies, uh, their unbelief, God's anger is going to be poured out on them so strong, so strong, that they will live and suffer worse than any of us in eternity. It says, 
forever, no rest from their suffering. They will never have rest. They'll never have peace. They're going to constantly suffer through all eternity, forever. There is no let up on it. Matter of fact, look here at Revelation chapter 14, uh, verse 10 through 11. It says, The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, the wicked, which is poured out without mixture. It's not going to be diluted into the cup of his indignation, of his anger. And this person shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. In the presence of Jesus Christ. He's going to see it. And the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever and they have no rest day nor night. So instead of us envying the wicked, you know, really deep down, we should have pity on them and we should be praying for them. Because we know, after what we read, what they're going to go through. What's going to take place in their life? Oh, they've got it easy right now, but just think about something. In this time period, life is very short compared to eternity. This here is just like a breeze that comes through and gone. That's that's where their lives are. They are going to then, after this life, are going to suffer for all eternity. And you're going to have nothing but peace and joy for all eternity. You know, we should always, in our heart, determine to do what's right in God's eyes. I don't care what you see others doing. You know, if you're a Christian and you're in church and you've listened to the pastor, Talk about what's right in God's eyes. What God's word, what the scriptures say. If we will do what's right in his eyes and trust him is what we need to be doing. And just and praying for the wicked. We need to be praying for the wicked that, that, that they will change, that they will not have to go through that judgment that's coming. <clears throat> David said in Psalms 37.3, listen, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Trust God and do good. Dwell in his land that he has given you and feed on his faithfulness. You know, God is so faithful. He will never forsake you. He'll never leave you. He'll never let you down. God has promised to take care of his people. And look at how two other translations say this. I, I, I did this so we could kind of compare. Here in Psalms, this is the uh, NIV, uh, Psalm 73.3, just what we just read a while ago. This is, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. Enjoy safe pasture. Enjoy safety, freedom. The, the New Living Testament says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and you will prosper. God said, hey, you're going to prosper. It may not be in money and stuff like that, but boy, spiritually, believing God's Word, reading God's Word, doing what God's Word says, we come out so much better than all those wicked 
who are doing everything in the world. Oh, yeah, it looks like they're really enjoying stuff. But, you know, I just wondered, how many of the wicked sometimes turn around and look at you? See you with a loving family, children, you're enjoying life, you're serving God, but yet there is nothing but turmoil and struggle that you don't see inside their home. And they're looking at you. They're envying you because of the way that God has blessed you. Look at these other uh, verses that I put down. I, I mean, I, I wrote these down to encourage you to live a righteous life, to follow the Word of God. This is also Psalm 37. I'm going to look at verse 16. It says, A little righteous, a little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many. What little you have is better than all the riches that the wicked have. God's going to bless that little over all that abundance of what the wicked have. <clears throat> In verse 17 it says, The Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord's standing right there with you. He's got His arms around you. He's embracing you. He is upholding you with whatever you go through, and He's there with you. In verses 18 and 19, Psalms 37, it says, The Lord knows the days of the upright. He knows your days. He knows what you're going through. And their inheritance shall be forever. Do you realize it says that we have the same inheritance that Jesus Christ has? We are heirs with Jesus Christ. What God has given Jesus also belongs to us. You know what that is? Everything in this world. Whenever this whole world here is gone, we're going to have such a wonderful and beautiful world. And it's all going to be ours. There's not going to be no more sin. There's not going to be death. There's not going to be sickness. There's not going to be sorrow, tears, pain. All that stuff has passed away. And you're going to enjoy that. You're going to have that. You're not going to have any needs because Jesus Christ is living there with you and He shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. Yes, He's going to supply them. It's just like He's doing now. Probably if we just stop and look and think about it, we've gone through some things, but every time it has, your need has been met. If you're faithful to Christ, Christ is faithful to you. And here... Uh, it says, and, and their inheritance shall be forever. It's going to be for all eternity. They shall not be ashamed in the, time, in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. In days of famine, you're still going to have food. You're going to be satisfied. David is not saying that a righteous person will always have an easy life, because we know we don't. David didn't have an easy life, but he loved the Lord, and the Lord loved him. He said, David was a man after God's own heart. But you know, sometimes, and I said it in a sermon not long ago, sometimes God lets us go through things. So to better equip us to help other people go through that same thing. I had rather talk to somebody, if I'm going through something, I'd rather talk to somebody and get advice from them that have already been through it, and come out of it and tell me how they did it. That's what God wants us to do. He is blessing us, comforting us. He is a God of all comfort. And sometimes He lets us go through things.
to better equip us to help others go through that same thing. So sometimes just think about it. Well, I'm going through something right now, but I know there's people going through a whole lot worse than what I am. Maybe I'll get that opportunity to tell them how God has blessed me. Maybe I can help them. That should be our attitude. You know, David's not, like I said, David's not saying that a righteous person will not all, will always have an easy life. Because we won't. He said we will have tribulation on this earth because he had it. Nor is he saying that if you are a Christian, you will live in the biggest house and drive the best car. No. Just because you're a Christian, you don't get the biggest house and the best car. But you get the presence of God living with you taking care of you, meeting your needs, while these others, it looks like they're doing real good, but they are really in a struggle. They're in a struggle. So what David is saying is that if we put our faith and trust in God and do what is right, we can have the confidence that He will be with us and take care of us and meet all of our needs. When we walk with God, we believe in God's Word, we serve God. We don't doubt God, but we believe Him. And when we go through things, say, Lord, You said You would be with me in all things. You would meet my needs. And God will meet your needs. It's just kind of like, like, like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understandings, but acknowledge the Lord in all ways and He will direct your path. Do you need God to direct your path? Do you need God to help you right now in some things? Are you trusting God? That's the main thing. Are you trusting God? Are you believing God? Is your faith in God to do what needs to be done? That's the key. For without faith, we cannot please God. God wants us to believe in Him, that what His Word says will come to pass. You know, like I've, I've, I've said it and I believe it, it says that God's Word will not go forth from His mouth and return to Him void, but it will accomplish all things that He sends it out to do. That's Scripture. His Scripture he has sent that word out and it's going to accomplish to, and do what He has said it will do. It may not have all happened yet, but it will. So I'm just asking you, are you trusting God? Things sometimes look pretty dismal. Looks like, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? First thing I do is get on my knees and I go to God. That's what we all need to do is put our faith and our trust in God and believe in Him that He is going to bring us through all things. If you're going through some things, can you trust God to deliver you? If you've got financial problems, can you trust God to bring you through them? If you're going through a sickness, can you trust God to heal you? Can you trust God to, to meet your needs? Sometimes we may be going through a test. God may be testing us to see, do you have faith? You put your faith in God, trust in Him, and believe in Him. Well, that's just kind of what I wanted to bring you today because in our days and times right now, 
this is pretty well what's going on. You've got some that's living great, we think, and wondering why I'm in church, I'm serving God, why am I going through some of these things? Well, I told you a while ago to better equip you to help others to go through those same things. So if you're going through some things, let's pray right now that, that, that God will meet your need. I believe He will. I trust Him to. I trust Him to meet my needs. You mean you got needs and you're a pastor? Oh, yes, I've got needs, but I know where to take those needs. Let us pray. Father God, I come into your presence right now. For anybody that hears this message, for anybody that's listening, Lord, I know that many out there are going through some things. I know they're going through financial problems. I know that this COVID stuff that has come around has caused a lot of problems. But Lord, you're bigger than that COVID. You can take care of us. You can, re you can remove this COVID from us and get rid of it. Lord, you can meet our needs because you own all the cattle on the thousand hills. They're all yours. You can meet our needs. You can heal our bodies. Lord, you can touch us. Thank you, Lord, that you love us that much. Thank you that's how much you love us, that you will touch us, you will heal us. Lord, you will meet our needs. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Praise God. He is our shepherd, and he's going to meet all of our wants, our needs. Lord, so if anybody's out there and they have sincere needs, and they're trusting in you, Lord, I ask you to meet that need right now, to bless them with what they need. Lord, we all want a bunch of stuff. But you say, I will meet your needs, not all your wants. So, Lord, I thank you that you're walking with us. I thank you, our God. I thank you that you love us. I thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who came to earth and completed the work that you sent him to do. And when it was completed, on that cross, just right before he passed, he said, it is finished. Yes, it's finished. Jesus completed everything that God sent him here to do. Nothing was left undone. And that's a blessing to us from God through his son Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you're out there, I want to thank you for being here. And uh, thank you for listening. But this was just something on my heart. And I'm just saying right now, God bless each and every one of you. I pray that God meets your needs. And when he does, and he will, give him the glory. Give him thanks. So many times God meets a need, and we don't even bother to say thank you. You know? Just like Jesus said, were there not ten men where are the other nine? Only, only one of those lepers that he healed turned and come back and thank Jesus for their healing. When Jesus touches you, you drop to your knees and you thank him for his healing. Just like that leper. He, he, he got on his knees and he's singing Jesus. He said, your faith has made you whole. You're whole now. You're complete. 
So thank you all for being here. I'll see you next week. God bless each and every one of you. And I just pray the hedge of God's protection around you and your family and your needs to be met in Jesus' name. God bless you.